you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Thompson Pinder. A couple weeks ago, I made a boo-boo and had not recorded an episode for the Author to Authority Podcast, which I thought I had. In reality, I had misnumbered an episode, which caused a gap. During that process, I decided to pull a From the Vault episode with myself and my previous co-host and best friend of more than 30 years, Juanita Wooden Radko. And as I was going through some of our episodes, I realized there was such rich information in there. Information that even though it was recorded a few years ago, is still good for you now and is going to help you to move your business forward. So I decided for the rest of June... I'm going to feature some of the best of Kim and Juanita's episodes talking about all things authority, marketing, and book publishing. Come July, we will be back to our normal guest episodes three times a week. So I hope you sit back and enjoy these Kim and Juanita from the Vault episodes. Welcome to the Author to Authority Authority podcast. And today, I love having my co-host, Juanita Wooten-Radko on. She's been my best friend. Well, we just won't tell you how many years, but if you go back through some of the past episodes, we do leave some hints for you. And I think last September, we had a really, or this September, we had a really special one. So if you go back, you might be able to figure out how long Juanita and I have been friends for. But she is an amazing BFF. She's an incredible person, and I am so happy to have her as the co-host of the Author to Authority podcast. Welcome, my friend. Thanks, Kim. I am so happy to be here with you. You know, back when I started doing the the podcast, um, you know, a lot of our episodes, I do them with guests, but I knew there was episodes that I wanted to do, you know, without guests. Oh, do I really just like want to stare into a camera and talk? And I do occasionally do that. There are a few episodes a year I do that. But I thought, I don't really want to do this. Juanita, will you help me? (laughs) And of course, what do best friends do? They say, sure thing. What time do you want me? (laughs) Not realizing what they're getting themselves into. (laughs) (laughs) So on the last episode together, Juanita, um, we talked about, you know, what book does your client need to read? And, you know, the beginning of that episode, I talked about the fact that, you know, you and I had been texting back and forth about some ideas of what we wanted to do for November's episodes. And I had texted you one thing and you thought it was something else. Mm-hmm. So, so 
I thought of it from, you know, the point of view of, you know, you need to write a book because the book that your client needs to read is yours. Winita took from the point of view of, you know, we should talk about really great books that we're reading that we think our clients and, and our audience here would love to list, to learn about and read. So I decided that, you know, instead of trying to figure out which one of us was right, because we know the answer to that. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> the, the answer we both say is me. <laughs> um, I would just do both episodes. So, you know, our last episode together, which was the first Tuesday of the um, you know, we talked about, you know, why do you need to write a book? And when you've written a book, what do you do with it now? How do you now use this book to, you know, to really um, your your perfect target marketing client and why a book is different than many other forms of thing? So today, though, what we're going to do, and maybe we'll do this once then, is when Eve and I each have a book or two that we've been reading that I, I really think is going to. Uh, benefit our audience, benefit you as an audience reader, as an entrepreneur, as a professional speaker and coach. So, Juanita, what was the book that you picked for today? I picked a classic from what I'd say of the self improvement genre. This book that I have, I'm I'm giving you, yeah, I'm ramping up to it. I just want to see this book that I am holding was printed in 19. 19- 82. Ooh, we, are oh, we, are coming, we are coming close to the 100 year anniversary of it. So the 90 year anniversary, actually. And it says, celebrating 70 years in print, how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Oh, and I thought you said 1982. I said 1982 when this was published. It was originally published in 1936. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Math. I know. I know. <laughs> what is she doing? What is she talking about? Well, I've had this book for not since 1982, but uh, um, early 90s. My father had given me his copy of it. And I misplaced it and I was kicking myself. And so how do you find something that you've lost? You buy a replacement for it, which is what I did. (laughs) And it it was a good thing too, that I'd gotten a second copy because it got to the point. It was a paperback and was showing its age. His book might've been from 1936 since. (laughs) Anyway, why do I say this is such a good book? The title might make you think it might sound a little cringy to people because it's it sounds a little manipulative but really it's there's a lot of good truths about how to interact with people one of the things that i know it helped me with difficult time and time again i can think of a couple of instances where i reviewed this uh section on dealing with difficult people mm-hmm. and i was like i don't i don't think they're right at all so what <laughs> that having that opinion the um the way that get you when <laughs> they don't think that you're right at all and if you're the one willing to move mm-hmm. you're the one who's going to see the change happen mm-hmm. you're the it was really 
antithetical to my the way I wanted it to be. I didn't want that to be true, mm-hmm. but I thought, all right, I'm going to test it out and see if it works. And I'm no further behind than if it doesn't work out for me. Then when I did, I had a slice of humble pie with uh, a little bit of ice cream on top. Spoonful of sugar. (laughs) And then these clients who had been giving me toothache became some of my biggest fans. Mm. And I was like, what? This book is nothing. And it's been a little while since I read it. So this is back on my to-read list and just going to see what nuggets I can get out of it again, because I think that a really good book can stand to be read over and over again. So that's a recommendation is that people get their updated version of how to win friends and influence people to lead you to success, no matter what job you want, no matter what your business is. You have to deal with other people at some point in and if you don't like dealing with other people, read this book. It'll help you <laughs> deal with them in a way that makes the whole experience better. Well, the truth ma- matter is no matter what business you're in, even the e-commerce business, you have to deal with people. So, you know, if you really don't like dealing with people, you might want to question being an Maybe just become like this freelancer that you sit at home alone in your house and you only talk to people when you're up. And you still. You still have to talk to people. You still have to talk to people. If you, you know, you have to, there will be a time if you are purchasing thing, if you ever need to purchase something, if you ever need to sell something, if you ever need to ask for help. Mm. All yep. of, and the answer is when will they? Probably someday. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So do you have a, a passage there that you have marked that you kind of particularly? I will find this is my second copy, so it might take me a second. Well, while you're doing all that, right, I've got it. I've got oh, it. you've got it. Cool. Yep. Just quick. In in this passage, Alfred Adler, the famous the famous Viennese psychologist, wrote a book entitled What Life Should Mean to You. In that book, he says, It is the individual who is not interested in his fellow men who has the greatest difficulties in life and provides the greatest injury to others. It is from such individuals that all human failures spring. You may read scores of erudite tomes on psychology. You may want to have your dictionary, Andy. <laughs> it's a <laughs> jump for some of us. You may read scores of erudite tomes on psychology without coming across a statement more significant for you and for me. Adler's statement is so rich with meaning, I'm going to repeat it in italics. It is the individual who is not interested in his fellow men who has the greatest difficulties in life and provides the greatest injury to others. It is from among such individuals, all human failure spring. Wow. Yeah. That one's going to be spinning around my brain for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't even know what, what about to say. You? Well, I actually have two books I'm reading right now. So I thought I I would go through both of them. So the first one is Traffic Secrets by Russell. Mm -hmm. And I really like this book because, first of all, he gives this great general overview of traffic. And, you know, you're not talking like cars, are you? You're talking about something else. Just to clarify. Okay. Um, Getting traffic 
to your business. So whether it's getting traffic to your social media, whether it's online ads, you know, it, it's more about getting traffic so people can see what it is. And I like it because he comes at it from so many angles. He comes at it from, you know, three angles. There's the, um, you know, there's the traffic that, so it's usually free, but it takes a lot of time. There's the traffic you pay for, doesn't usually take a lot of time, but can cost you a lot of money. And then the third source of traffic is, you know, the connections you make and other people sending you traffic. So I like the book because he looks at it from all three angles. But, you know, he also in the beginning spends a lot of time laying a foundation about figuring out who your dream customer is, right? Because any form of thing to be effective you have to know who that dream customer is. And that's, you know, one of the foundations of author to authority. You know, your, your marketing is your foundation. Answers three questions. You know, who do you serve? How do you serve them? And who are you in relationship to those two? So I wanted just to read you a quick section here from who is your dream customer. And he's talking about your customers are becoming one of two things. Now you've identified which core desire your product or service is focused on. The next is, next step to entering the conversation inside your customer's mind is to understand which direction. They. Every human being on this planet is always moving in one of two directions when they make a decision, away from pain or towards pleasure. Moving away from pain. The first direction that people can be moving in is away from pain. Let me show you a few examples of moving away from pain for each desire. So in terms of... I'm overweight and I don't feel comfortable in my own clothes. Wealth, moving away from pain. I hate my job and want to fire my boss. Relationships, moving away from pain. I'm in a bad relationship and I don't know how to get out of it. Now, let's take those three examples again and do it as moving towards pleasure. I want to get six pack. Wealth, I want to buy my dream house or dream car relationships. I want more passion in my relationships. So I thought this was really kind of interesting. You know, when you look, I I have heard this is that, you know, in your marketing, you know, which one is more effective moving towards pleasure or moving away from pain. And I've heard many different um, perspectives on it, but most of the perspectives agree that in terms of, of marketing and that, Moving away from pain is more powerful than moving to her. Interesting, because I would have said, oh, I know which way I want to think about it. I don't want to think about, I would rather think about moving towards pleasure in the example of the um, fitness. Mm-hmm. I want six pack, six pack. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want six pack abs. I was thinking, do I? <laughs> you know, do I want one? I have that honesty of what my, in my head, you know, do I want buns of steel? No, I want buns of cinnamon. I want, (laughs) you know, that's moving towards pleasure for me. (laughs) Well, one of the things he talks about, it's, it's more about what grabs Mm motion. So people do want to move towards her, but they're more motivated about moving away. Okay. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like this book, because it just gets you thinking in such a different direction. You know, when you're creating your content, now it doesn't mean that everything that you create is about moving away from pain. Okay. So there's all sorts of different types of content, but just something it got me thinking about is, you know, what pain points 
do my clients have that I can be encouraging them to move away? So, you know, when you're thinking about your clients, what pain points do they have that you can speak to? See, this is one of the things with being an authority is you understand your clients, you understand their pain points, you understand their problems, and you can speak to their problems. And I think that's a powerful thing in the business. When you can speak to a person's problem so powerfully that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you understand them. I get that. Okay. I remember selling sewing machines. One of the first questions I'd ask after I'd found out what kind of sewing machine they were already working, the the early questions I'd ask, can you tell me three things that bug you about your current machine? What are three things that you don't like about the machine you're working on now? And had no complaints, you wouldn't be looking, you wouldn't be in the sewing machine store. And my thought was, uh, I I just found that that would be rich answer because they, oh, I hate winding the way you have to unthread the machine to wind a bobbin. I'm always doing that. I'm like, would you like to see how our machine works? And you leave the needle threaded and you just put it over here and oh, ta-da, separate bobbin winding motor. Pretty cool, huh? You just flip the switch back and then put the bobbin in there and you're back on the road sewing. And sometimes that's all I have to show them. And, yeah, you know, the other thing that, making buttonholes. That, <laughs> that's the pain point bothering them the most, right? The yeah. amount of wasted time, you know, not it's not that they have to do this to wind the bobbin. It's the fact that they're in the middle of a project. They've got to stop and waste time to, you know, wind this bobbin so they can continue working. And sometimes when they rethread the machine, they're, you know, because often you get a machine that your first sewing machine is a hand-me-down machine from someone. So it's not got all of the advantages that newer machines have and rethreading it can be a challenge, especially if you're not a frequent sewer. You're like, oh, did I do this right? Did I miss a step? And often people would. And then if you miss a step, it wouldn't go through the right place. And then your tension would be thrown out of whack. And then you think, oh, this machine is a piece of junk. It, it doesn't. Yeah. I hate sewing. <laughs> you know, that, that yeah. was the, that was the, the progression, the, the <laughs> progression. And the, where the driving, your mental train was driving to. I'm really liking the sound of this book, Kim, <laughs> just the thought exercise of, is this something where I'm moving away from pain or am I moving toward her? I feel like personally, I want to move toward more, excuse me, more pleasure. <laughs> but moving away from pain is better, <laughs> is a pleasure in its own right, I suppose. <laughs> I, I think, you know, one of the things I thought about is the fact that, you know, many times you have to get people to move away from pain first before you can move them to. Yes. Because if you try to move them towards pleasure and they've got this pain point, you know, this pain point's like this obstacle in front of their face that they can't see. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you can Absolutely. move that pain point out of the way, now you're like, okay, this is out of the way. Now look where you're. Yeah. It's like they can't even imagine that there's a better situation than the one they're currently in. Mm-hmm. It's like, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me going to the garden to eat worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's really an interesting book. But, um, what was the title again? Traffic 
Secrets by Russell Brunson. It is available on Amazon, but the best way is just to Google the book because um, Russell Brunson is the head of Click. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a series of book.com secrets, expert secrets, traffic secrets. And, you know, if you go to one of his websites, you can get like all three books or whatever, or the special deals or whatever, if you go just to the um, website. So it says here on the back, secretstrilogy.com. Ah, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Do you have another book for us or do, do you have yeah. more to tell us about that one? So this book here, Sell Like Crazy by Sabri C. Um, I, I like this book and I don't look. Oh. It's very informative. It sends my brain spinning, but the language can be um, crude and a little beyond what I prefer. Spicy sentence enhancers. Okay. Yeah, this yeah, is a trend. Spicy sentence enhancers. Uh, but the, trend we're seeing, yeah. the knowledge shared in this book is incredible. And it, this is one of these books. I'm going to have to go back and read it again. There's just so much in it. I'm just, I'm almost through it the first time. I think, you know, I need to go back and read it again to really cement it. And, you know, how now am I going to use it? Because the first time it's through, it's just like, okay, there's so many ideas and concepts, right? That you're just trying to get it all in. And now the second time through, it'll be like, okay, now I can put the game plan together to use. Them. So on the back of the book, it says, warning, this book will flood your business with a torrential downpour of fires. What a great. So powerful content. Make a statement like that. Of course, you have to be able to prove it's true. Can't make a statement because that's just clickbait if it's not true. But, um, you know, he does show you how to do that in this book. So there's this one part, and it's closer to the end of the book here. And he talks about, remember, no one likes to be sold to, but everyone likes to buy. You want to get your prospects excited by solving a part of their problem on the call. So at this point, you know, you've done your marketing, you've attracted them in, you know, you're on that phone call with them. Or at least making it very clear you can help them solve it and leave them begging for more. It's like when you go to a fancy restaurant and the waiter brings you a delicious hors d'oeuvres, you know, one of those little appetizers or small starter dishes. You eat it, it's incredibly tasty, and then your digestive juices start going crazy and you order honey. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same principle here. You want to leave your prospects starving for the main course, which is your core offer. Ultimately, you want to leave your prospects better than when you found them, meaning regardless of whether or not they choose to buy, you want to deliver massive value and create. And when I was reading that, I was actually thinking about um, a conversation we'd had with our client on Monday night. And so I want you to talk about the law of reciprocity. The shortest version of the law of reciprocity is givers get. If you give someone a gift they will be very appreciative but they will also feel a compulsion an impulse to give you something in return Mm. so that's really beneficial to any person in business is if you're giving good information value for the client it turns back into revenue you know and i got thinking about that because you know, people think, well, if I give them all, if I tell, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I tell them everything in my book, if I tell them all in the call, they're not going to use my products and services. The reverse is actually true. See, I do phone calls. I'll give away an hour of my time and I will answer 
any question anybody has about public. Now, some questions I can't fully answer because if you ask me how to format a book, first of all, that's hours of courses. But yeah. you know, um, but you know, I will give them some base that they can. Right, I give them the value. I don't hold back. And you know, people come off of phone calls with me feeling like they've received something. Of- mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah, they've true. they've never bought my products or services, but I've I've helped them come up with the main themes for their book. Sometimes even, a t- and I've not charged a cent. Now my services, that's different. That I charge for, but my knowledge, I share freely. And that's very generally. Like, that was something. I, I feel there's a balance mm. when you know when I was uh, teaching sewing classes, I needed to generate income from those classes. Yes, but one of the things that my students got, one of the the gifts, I had all the proper equipment. I had high end sewing machines that they could work on. So I was giving in a different way. Mm. I often said my what I have in my head is worth knowing. Yeah. And one of the things I would teach in a class, if you came to one of my classes, it wasn't just how to make a bag, a tote bag, but you'd learn how to use a rotary cutter, how to square off fabric so that your project doesn't get stretched and distorted over time. There were all of these bonus components, bonus nuggets of knowledge that you'd get in the process. But I know for a fact, I know for a fact that people would come into your store and ask you questions. And many times you would answer those questions. Now, Mm -hmm. not in, you know, humongous detail and you wouldn't spend a half an hour, but if someone came in with a simple problem and they asked you a question, you didn't say, okay, you got to take my course. You would answer their question. So you give them that value. Now there does that come that point when you can't give everything away. So you'd ask yeah. their basic question, you know, Once maybe in a while you meet that one person who is just there to pump you dry, but, yeah. but yeah. that's that's when you stop and you put that limit. But if someone just mm-hmm. comes in and asks you one or two really quick questions, you would, yeah. you would take that time to stop and answer their questions. Right now, if it got more mm-hmm. extensive, then you'd be saying that's getting a little too extensive. I can't really do that here. Well, you know, I'm trying to serve customers, but I do have this course. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, if you wish to book a one-on-one time with me, you know, you can book an hour of my time for, you know, however much money. Right. So it's not about giving everything away, but it is giving some things. Yeah. Sharing. There's a great value in in sharing and you'll feel good too. Mm. (laughs) But again, like you said, that law of reciprocity kicks in. So, you know, this you've now helped this person. So when you offer them something else, it makes them more inclined to want to take advantage of it. So it's not a manipulation. It's just, you know, they want to help you back out because you help. Not they don't always. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's an automatic, but they're more likely to if you give them of something of value. Yeah. Yeah. Where if you're. They could have bought their sewing machine at a big block store, but they saw the value in buying it at my uh, sole proprietor store because of the additional value that they got from mm-hmm. the what I gave with my uh, 
Well, your your owner's lessons were amazing. I got to take advantage of one of those. I, I'm I'm really proud of the own, owner's lessons, particularly that was, you know, when that was often a, a good close when I'd invite people to purchase a sewing machine. I'd say even even at the entry level, which was about one hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty dollars, I said, I know you can buy a machine for $99 up the road block store, you won't get any lessons with them. Whereas if your partner, yourself, your child, a sewing machine, it comes with a minimum of three sewing lessons, three, two hour sewing lessons. So you're going to get minimum six hours on the sewing machine. Yeah. And that's awesome. So that's uh, your clients loved that when you used to do that for them. I know, I know, because I helped you out in the store every once in a while. Well, you know what? I think we've had a really great conversation here. We have talked about three really powerful books that you can use in your business and use to help you uh, grow your business. So, any last thoughts before we uh, chime off for today, my friend? I think we should just go over those titles one last time so that people who have been writing them down can just make sure they get it. My recommendation was how to win friends and influence people. I'm holding it up for the video by Dale Carnegie and say that that's a must read for anybody. And your two books were? Traffic Secrets by Russell Bronson. And it says on the back here, you can get it at secretstrilogy.com and then Sell Like Crazy by Sabri Subi. And on the back here, there is a website that says www.selllikecrazy.c. So thanks so much for, for joining us today. I love this conversation. I think we'll do this, you know, maybe once a season is, is talk about some books that are just uh, really powerful that we're both really enjoying. So this has been Juanita Witten Ryko and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time. <laughs>